0: Make money online. Here's a question for you. Oh, no. How, oh, do, you, I... how do you plan for things? Oh, God. Um,
1: I, I take, in, in the back of my office, I, actually, it's behind the closet door, so you can't really see it when you're on a Skype call with me, but I have this heap of planning. And I go in there, and I take, like, two handfuls of planning off of the top of the heap, and I just throw as much planning as humanly possible at the problem until the problem goes away and has been firmly planned, it must be as planned as much as possible i um I like making Google spreadsheets and over commenting on them. I like uh using silver files to plan my budget to the penny um I like um <sighs> using my assistant to individually follow up with absolutely everyone. Um, what else? Yeah, that's about it. I plan pretty much everything. I, I plan my schedule to the minute. Oh, by the way, we only have like 20
0: minutes left on this episode. Oh, good, good, good. I'll make sure to (laughs) start talking slower. Have you ever seen that movie Zootopia?
1: That happens in that movie.
0: I'm not familiar. This happens. With that joke, could you tell me about it? I hate you. I know. I have a sloth running
1: the DMV and he talks like that. And it goes for like five minutes and it's after hilarious. like bonkers, fast paced, like action, whatever, because it's a cartoon for kids. Right. And, and I'm just there. Like that was the funniest joke of the movie to me because also because Illinois has like infamously excellent DMVs. Like we're the most corrupt state on the planet and we have some of the worst government ever. And, um, yet our dmv like it took me 6 minutes to get my driver's license renewed 6 minutes in and out it was much longer for me to take the train there um anyway so planning that they fucking plan at the dmv they they're accounting for you as you're walking up um but yeah no i i plan everything i you know when i went to college i um was kind of a slacker like i had a bad gpa and kind of a rough like high school era and didn't really do very good at it and then i went to college and um somebody told me at the beginning like you will live or die by good time management here and i'm like oh okay fine whatever and they were right in a very big way and i learned how to manage my time in a really rigorous and consistent way that at the age of 18 which is you know fairly impressionable time when a lot of things are happening in your life and became really good at it. I know how long it takes to commute places. I know how long it takes to do various things around the city. And I have a lot of expectations around how long it takes to hang with people and do this podcast. And I've never regretted becoming a good time manager, right? It's very good at allowing me to to met out my day and plan things out really effectively. I know how long it takes me to do various design activities so I can plan deadlines effectively. And that has a direct impact on my job. I don't blow deadlines ever and uh, i'm known as somebody who is very reliable for not blowing deadlines ever i hold my clients to a similar standard where they have a certain amount of time to turn around feedback and um yeah but yeah i think it was it's one of those things where I just kind of do it now and it's like another muscle that I exercise. And and everyone around me is like, oh my God, you're Leslie Nope with the binder on my desk. And I'm like, oh yeah, I do that. You know, like this is just the way that I do things. And um and I feel like I plan a lot in very like rigorous and rational ways. I mean, math major and all, right? Like it I work out specific times, specific commute times, and I figure it out. And sometimes it doesn't always go to plan, and that's fine. I don't blow a gasket over it usually. And it, uh, you know, I just have a life that allows me to, I like that structure. It's comforting to me. And I like imposing that on myself. Like, I'm, I always joke that I'm a terrible boss, but I need a boss. <laughs> I need somebody to tell me, Nick, do you have to finish this project now? Or you're just going to be petting your dog all day. True. And uh so I have to go and like like buck up and actually do it. And then my dog goes and licks his butthole for the rest of the day, and it's great. We we each have our things that we love.
0: <laughs> so so the reason we came up with this episode is uh uh we have contrasting planning styles, or at least uh, the, the the tip of the iceberg, the, what you see as the output of us working on a thing are different planning styles. Nick is very much a, like when we were in Copenhagen, you showed up in Copenhagen with a list of, these are the 30 boutiques I'm going to go to. Like you very much had a plan and you have a system and you have the Leslie No binder of, this is what I'm going to do. And I have a different planning style, which you've referred to in the past as Kai's non-planning planning style. And hearing you explain that like, we're hearing you explain your side of it. I think we actually have very similar approaches, but different styles of it and different eh, outputs or different like surface level evidence of it like i live by a few key rules if it's not in my calendar it doesn't exist as an event and won't happen so my calendar is sacred like if you would like to have a call with me it needs to be in the calendar if it's a project i'm going to work on it needs to be on the calendar if it's a task i'm committing to it both needs to be an OmniFocus or trello depending on what project and where it's supposed to live and there needs to be time booked out on my calendar for me to work on that as a project, either as here's a four-hour block where I'm going to do stuff, or here's a one-hour block where I'm going to do that specific thing. When it comes to the planning leading up to a project, I mean, I just got my entire Burning Man group onto Basecamp, and there's 15 messages and something like 20 different to-dos all assigned to different people with dates on there because I very much enjoy the hey, I'm at the 2,000-foot view. What needs to happen for us to reach our plan? How do we backwards plan from we have departed for Burning Man successfully to it is now today before we depart from Burning Man? On the to-do list, there is literally a to-do item, the final item to check off. Everybody in the car holds their ticket up to their hand before we put the key in the engine because you know what the worst-case scenario is? We show up at the gate and somebody's missing their goddamn ticket. So, I very much have a similar approach of I want to map everything out. I have the binder. I mean, I'm putting together the W year Freelancing Academy right now and manhandling as much information into places I can. There's no way to do non-planning around it. But when I looked at my life and I – ironically did a lot of planning and note-taking before this episode, I I realized my planning style is sort of a simmer in the background, like you're making a stew. I take a bunch of inputs, I toss them together, I talk with people, I let it simmer some more, and then I might act, act fast and decisively with what appears to be no planning, but it's just because the planning is hidden behind the scenes. Like when I moved to Hawaii, from the outside, I had a friend say, you make some really crazy spontaneous decisions in your life and business. You moved to Hawaii and then you moved back six months later. Uh, are you having a midlife crisis? He honestly God asked me this at 26 years old. Are you having a midlife crisis, Kai? And I realized it was because from the outside, he and genericizing it, they, the world, couldn't quite see like the thought process that went into it. Like picking on Hawaiian example, as an example of non-planning, I didn't necessarily know I was going to move to Hawaii 12 months before I moved, but I knew something was coming up. And so I spent 12 months building up my savings. I spent six months building up a freelancing client base. I spent three months building up a second stream of income. Uh, The iPhone eBay business I've alluded to a few times on this episode or on this podcast that we should record an episode about sometime. And I didn't know what I was going to do. I I knew I was prepared to do something. And so when I reached the point of, I am going to do something, move to Hawaii, The punch list of what needed to happen for that to be a success was really, really short. Make a budget, sell 90% of what I owned, tell my clients I'm going to be moving and I need to take a week off, figure out the general area of Honolulu I wanted to live in, ship my car over there, buy a plane ticket, arrive in Hawaii. That was really it because all of the planning that was necessary had sort of been happening in the background as, I know something of this general shape and form is going to happen in a couple months or or a year. Let me take care of the details now, even if I don't know what it will be specifically. Similarly, when I visit another city, like we have we have very different approaches to visiting a city, I like throwing myself into the middle and figuring out, okay, what's there, what interesting things are there to do here? What's on my list? What are the things I should see and take it day by day? But there's been some inputs of thinking about like, well, what type of experience do I want to have in the city? It might not be as specific as these are the restaurants I want to go to. This is what I want to experience. But it's thinking about it on a meta level or emotional level. What do I want to have happen here? So when I think about our trip to Copenhagen together recently, you went into it with a very, very, not rigid, but a very structured idea of what you wanted to experience and what you wanted to see. For me, it was going in with a very um, strong emotional idea of, okay, I'm coming Off of this conference, I'm coming off of a couple months of hard work. My ideal experience in Copenhagen is to just rest, to relax, to emotionally recharge, to see some interesting things, to have some interesting events, but not overwhelm myself. And having that as sort of the guiding idea of my experience in Copenhagen gave me ideas on how to experience it. Experiencing it: hang out with you for a day, go check out some boutiques, hang out with some other friends, spend a day by myself, hang out in the gardens for six hours, and just. Zen out and uh, uh, Yeah, so I think there definitely is a good contrast between our different styles of planning, but Through it all it seems like we have that similar thread of it has to be in the calendar We have to have a general idea if we're making a commitment to do something. It's a commitment So it it deserves to be treated with respect if it's not being treated with respect Is it really a commitment and if it's not a commitment? Why are we wasting brain energy thinking about it?
1: Yeah Well, there's a lot there. Um, I'm going to talk a little bit about the introspection bit. Um, So you spend a lot of time mulling on decisions, and you're very measure twice, cut once. You're very deliberate about what you do. So am I, right? I I spend a lot of time. I spend like six months thinking about something with a business, and then I cut once, and then I launch something. Or I um, spend a lot of time thinking about where I'm going to go, and then I go there, right? Like my next vacation that I'm planning, I've been planning for nine years. That's not a joke. So, um, you know, there's definitely a lot to be said for doing that. I wonder how that gets articulated to other people, because while you're doing this introspection, which is valuable and important and you should be doing it, everybody's asking you, what about this? What about this? Are you going to, let's take, you're going to move from Eugene eventually, right? So, um and and you've told me this multiple times, and you've given me hard dates multiple times that have turned into not hard dates, right? And as a close friend of yours, that is moderately exasperating. Not very exasperating, but moderately exasperating. And it, um, but I get why it happens, right? It's because your thinking has not concluded about it yet. You have not, Alan Weiss says the first sales to yourself and you have not actually sold this to yourself yet. And that's fine because it probably takes time. It probably takes Burning Man. You're probably going to come back from Burning Man and just head east. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right? So you, you have you have put a lot of emotional labor into this one thing and then you haven't like put the notion of moving away from Eugene in front of you yet. It's there as a possibility but you're in a comfortable scenario, right? Like, you have a personal trainer, you have a routine, you have friends there, you're, you are you have your family there. You're going to be uprooting yourself in some capacity by doing this. While, you know, meanwhile, everybody is like, maybe if you're thinking about moving to a city that has a cold weather climate, you should consider getting an apartment before you move in November. Not because it's a terrible idea to move in November, even though it is, but because if you try, there won't be any apartments on the market because nobody puts apartments on the market in November unless they're, you know, full of termites or something, you know, <laughs> like um, people move in the summer because it's easy and you're not moving through 19 inches of snow like April and May, like some insane fraction of Chicago's housing stock turns over. It's like 5%. I think it's increasing. Yeah. Yeah. And so getting a moving truck in May in Chicago is one of the most difficult things that you can possibly do. It's probably harder than getting a table at Schwa. So, point being, um, the reason that, that, all, like, that you do that, I don't think that anyone that respects you and cares about you is looking at this and holding a referendum on your ability to get shit done. You get shit done. You're Kai Davis. You're amazing, right? But you also... Um, it looks incoherent to the outside and also inconsistent from what you say. Cause it's like, I know I'm thinking about it and that's true. But then everybody's like, well, why would it you know, you have to do it. And well, yeah, but you're thinking about it. Like you still have to think about it. And part of that, I think is some amount of fight or flight instinct. Part of it is a lot of fear, which we talked about on the previous episode. Um, which, but like, you have to work that out on your own time, right? And you know that probably there's a missed opportunity and you're not doing this sooner. Not just moving, but anything, right? And you know that there is also, by proxy, a tremendous benefit to acting more quickly. And I think that people know that, too. I'm not just saying this as a, like, referendum on Kai (laughs) Davis and his (laughs) his personality and his ability to do stuff.
0: Welcome to Um, Kai Chat.
1: Like, I would obviously wish you moved sooner. Like, mm-hmm. that, that is beyond debate at this point. Um, but am I you? No. So does it my opinion matter? No, it doesn't. It's a deeply personal decision. Let him do it whenever mm-hmm. he needs to do it. Now, yeah. if you decide, measure twice and cut once and say, I'm going to stay in Eugene for the rest of my life, then I'll get angry. <laughs> right. Because that's exactly the thing we were talking about in the previous episode about imposter syndrome. The one disastrous outcome you can do on any decision like this that's big is to fold on it and to recognize that the easy way out is the way you should be doing it because that's your crap brain being crappy to you, you (laughs) crapozoid.
0: Nah, I agree. I agree. And and for me personally, I'm like I hope the audience connects with like these different planning styles. It very much is that measure twice, cut once approach. And I even think about my future move in that context where over the past 2 years I visited Chicago 3 or 4 times, San Diego twice, like all the places that are on my short list of I would like to move here. I'm trying to spend as much time there in week to 2 week chunks as I can just to feel out more of the city and to connect to like or planning on vacation style. When I've shown up in Chicago recently, I haven't had like an explicit plan of, I want to see these 14 tourist sites in the week I'm here. It's been very much a casual. I want to stay in an interesting neighborhood and just wander around and pretend I'm a native. Like I want to go to Lula's and then be disappointed that Lula's is closed on Mondays because I always forget it's closed on Mondays.
1: Tuesdays. Tuesdays. Lula is closed on Tuesdays.
0: That's where I fuck up. God <laughs> Damn it, Kai! Longman <laughs> is open every day of the week. I, I just need to always start eating there. But anyways, uh, uh, just go there on Tuesdays. Exactly. I should have done that last time. But uh, it, it, like you said, it gives me that impression or that experience of living in the city as a native, which is the measuring twice. I before I, I look back at my time living in Hawaii and. Because it was Hawaii, I made it as one big leap. And there were benefits and costs to doing it that way. And this time, I'm being a little more cautious about it and saying, I want it, like you're saying, like, visit Chicago in the winter. So you know what the winter is like. Visit these different places. I was just going to (laughs) say. Exactly. (laughs) And like, it all adds up. And it all simmers in my brain. And it might be like people... Like why haven't why haven't you haven't you done that thing yet, Kai? Well, I'm still collecting data and letting it simmer and figuring out what the right action is. And there'll be a time, maybe post Burning Man, maybe in the new year, once I've like reached that point where something just clicks and I'm like, I have enough data to make a decision on this. I'm going to make a decision. And then flurry of activity. In four weeks my life will have changed completely. But it's it's a slow simmering data collection gathering process. And I think like it applies to the positioning in my business as well. I've switched positions four times. That's what he said uh, over the last couple of years. And each time it's been like a small, carefully calculated risk. It hasn't been overnight. I'm tearing down the website and building a new one for a new audience. It's what if I take a project for a slightly different target market? What if I do this project that's a little outside of my comfort zone? Okay, both of those went well. What if I start advertising to that market or adding this as a service? Okay, that went well. And now I'm four months into it and I'm like, okay, what if I update my positioning to reflect this new direction? Okay, that went well. Okay, what if I shut down the old website and just focus on the new market? Okay, that went well. And it's been like a two-year process that from the outside might look like he's walking an inch at a time, make him hurry up. But it's also me being like very careful and deliberate and saying like, let me gather a little data here. How was this experience? Did this go well? Is this a market I'd want to continue to serve? And over time, it's slow incremental changes a game of inches that move up to a transformation in what my business is focused on and what i do what i do now is drastically different from what i did two years ago but the benefit of it has been i've learned so much along the way that it's led me to this new point
1: Hmm. Hmm. yeah there's a lot of important stuff there about like building your business really carefully and deliberately i feel like it is a goal of your business and my business, especially my business, to decrease the amount of time by which that takes place. And there are a lot of ways to do that. I actually find taking vacations helps me a lot. And I just journal a lot. Um, I find stepping away from my job for whatever period of time and my responsibilities at home. And that can involve taking a train to Milwaukee, just like 90 miles away, super easy, $20, you know, Um, anything that, allows you to reassess where you're at and and maintain greater focus and clarity. I found drinking less actually helps me tremendously as as well. And that's been really great. Um, But, yeah, I think that around all of this, like we have recognized what the process is and we've kind of recognized what the pitfalls are in adopting that particular process and then we figure out ways to course correct around it. And that in itself is kind of a meta-assessment in much the same way that we're talking about here. Um, and it's, it's valuable to think about the way you're thinking in this way and these kind of psychological questions because it makes you a better planner and it makes you better at doing more plans, right? Right. The answer is throw plans at the problem. I am looking at a Google Doc that Kai Davis wrote and shared with me about 15 minutes before this podcast began. That's literally a two-page, single-spaced outline of what he wanted to discuss on this podcast, and we covered maybe 5% of it, which I'm very grateful for. This is the most overplanned fucking podcast that we've ever done! I- ironically, <laughs> and you and you tried to come off as the non-planner among the two of us and i'm just like oh I'll make fun of him a little like
0: come on dude come on <laughs> but i mean like at the same time i think this is this the Google and like we could we could literally share the Google Doc in the show notes. I think it would be fun too. God, uh, you schween. It, it, it exemplifies. It's like I put this together thirty minutes before our call started, but I'd been we talked about this episode maybe three months ago, and I'd been thinking about like, well, how does my planning style contrast with Nick's? And then we were in Copenhagen, and I was like, okay, here's some real world examples of it. And then we got back, and I thought about it some more. How exactly do I plan? How do I make these commitments? How do I honor these commitments? What does it look like? What's my philosophy on this? And it just was offloading around in my head. But because I'd spent so much time like letting it simmer, it was easy for me to be like, okay, what are like the four ideas? Okay, what are all the bullets for this? And like there's literally four, le- five levels of bullets for some of these topics, like five levels deep on sub bullets because it all just germinated in my head and came together as like, oh, this is what the shape of it is actually like. Had you asked me three or four months ago, what's your non planning style like? I would have made Scooby Doo noise. Whoa. And had no response. But my approach is very much that let it simmer and see what comes out the other side
1: what you're saying is that it took a month for you to plan mentally this podcast episode and I had no idea about it until you dropped this Leslie Note binder on me (laughs) 20 minutes before the fucking podcast began it's amazing (laughs) This is just how you operate, where just, like, occasionally nothing happens for, like, weeks at a time. Like, I didn't hear from you at all, even over text message for a week. And then we just started texting, like, teenagers again. Like, that's
0: just how it goes
1: between you and Earth.
0: (laughs) (laughs) hey by the way the thing we talked about three months ago i have to have built it and launched it what what What? What i actually
1: launched it a week ago and forgot to tell
0: you and then it got viral and got a bunch of customers sorry i'm like (laughs) 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 but yeah i I very much and again i hope this is useful for the audience to talk about like these different planning styles i don't think either one of us let me start by saying i don't think either of us are necessarily right or there's one right mode of planning and i don't think either of us are wrong what's important important is understanding how you as a person or you as a consultant dear listener actually process things or plan things. And there's always room for improvement. I mean, like Merlin Mann's written and spoken a bunch about this. Uh, David Allen's Getting Things Done is a wonderful resource. There's so much great information you could pour into your brain about how do I become an organized person? How do I plan things? How do I manage projects? How do I manage my life? Uh, uh, Oh, what's that uh, book about ordering and cleaning up uh the joy of tidying Uh, the
1: life-changing the life-changing magic of tidying up yeah Yeah. i uh by marie kondo i want to return to my planning style Mm -hmm. for one moment i want to be abundantly clear on all of this um i don't think i'm not trying to defend my own planning style in any capacity it is what it is and i've kind of recognized that it is a trade-off i am occasionally an insufferable harsh taskmaster to literally everyone around me but shit gets done and i've traded the like public perception of who i am and and how people view me as kind of sometimes a jerk around all of this for getting shit done and i value the getting shit done in the hopes that eventually people will look back on it and be like, "you know what? He did that in this way, but it worked." and I mean, we should all be so grateful to find any process that works for us in our lives. Like, and that works for me. And it works for me without having to even think twice about doing it, which that's even better that I don't have to feel like I'm acting and putting on any facade. Like, you're getting me every time. And I'm authentic to myself and it works out. Um, So, you know, I'm not defending... The process and prescribing that is something that you, dear listeners, should be doing. But I will defend my doing it. I'll own it. I'll own every second of it. Because it works. It gets me a good job and a great life in an awesome city. And what more, you know?
0: Yeah, yeah. No, I think it's critical. Like, own your process. There's no right or wrong process. There's your process and understand that process like there's
1: yeah define the process own the process and then evolve
0: the process Mm -hmm. right and if anybody says like your process is wrong well within that statement i think it's important to hear hey i have a different process and i see contrasts and benefits that you might not see and not to hear it as necessarily an attack your way of planning is wrong but instead take it as an opportunity to open a conversation about how planning styles differ or management or project management styles differ and say, what do you do differently? How do you handle this? Oh, that's interesting. Oh, I learned something valuable there. Like uh, there's probably three important lessons I learned about how to take a vacation from you while we were in Copenhagen together. And that those influenced the rest of my trip in Europe and will influence every single trip I take from now on And it's not because, like, I was doing it wrong or you were doing it right. It's because we had different styles, and I was saying, like, oh, cool, you approach this in a different style. Let me look at this and say, oh, wow, these three bits? I love these three bits. I'm going to incorporate them into my style now. And it evolved, not to change to mirror yours, but to become something new and different and grow on what I've learned.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're taking on the influences of everybody around you always, and Mm -hmm. you should, you know – Keep an open heart and mind to those sorts of things. Mm-hmm. Recognize that people have motivations for doing the things you might believe are horrifying. You know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So. So yeah. Anyway, we're running like seven minutes late, Kai. This is not going according late. to
0: plan. Fuck everything. <laughs> Burn it down. <laughs> I should have announced this six minutes ago. <laughs> we have thirteen seconds to wrap up. Let's cover the last fifteen paragraphs.
1: Planning is great. You're awesome. Kai is awesome. Nick is awesome. We're done. <laughs> Basil and is awesome. Yeah, we're done. Basil is Basil has uh, completed his bloodless coup of draft design incorporated. He is the new president now. <laughs> All hail, Basil. Basil's my dog, for those of you who don't know. <laughs>